He was covering the Chiefs the day Patrick Mahomes was born. He was covering the Chiefs the day Mahomes brought the Lombardi Trophy back to Kansas City. Kansas City has won their first Super Bowl in 50 years. 50 years of lifetime. He's Adam Teicher of ESPN on the program. We're on the road today, live at Hen House, 11721 Row Avenue. Uh, you can uh, take care of your Valentine's dinner here just by going to henhouse.com or coming in. I'll put your order in in-store if you'd like. You can order a delicious Valentine's romantic dinner for two with an appetizer, a salad, two entrees, two sides, two desserts, a French baguette, and a single red rose for just forty nine ninety nine. Choose between uh, prime rib, the uh, herbs to province turkey breast, the uh, mustard-encrusted salmon. Those are your wonderful uh, entrees to choose. Choose from. You can also uh, stop by and uh, get the flowers. Yes, the floral department has you covered. Dozen red roses for just twenty-five dollars. A dozen rainbow roses for thirty dollars. Uh, also balloons, uh, all kinds of other beautiful bouquets. Uh, some stuffed animals as well. Uh, everything you need for a fantastic Valentine's pre- uh, presentation is right here at your neighborhood henhouse. Go to henhouse.com to uh, find the location nearest you and to uh, put in an order for that wonderful Valentine's dinner for two. Henhouse.com. More than a hundred years serving your family and mine here in Kansas City. That is your locally owned and operated neighborhood hen house. Uh, let's welcome Adam Teicher to the uh, festivities. The Teich bag still in Vegas, as uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, he's brought to you by our friends at the University of Kansas Health System. Uh, Adam, how are you, buddy? Good, friend. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What did you think? Uh, what's your first takeaway, your overall biggest takeaway from the Super Bowl? Well, you know, the, the Chiefs won playing something less than their A game, and and uh, that's what great teams do. Maybe you know, you got to win games like that. And and uh, you know, who didn't think that once the Forty ers didn't get that touchdown on that first drive of overtime, that once they kicked that field goal, who didn't think the Chiefs weren't going to win that game? You know, I, I think we all thought they were going to come down and score the game, uh, score a touchdown there because of who they had a quarterback, and you know he made a couple of uh, a few great plays on that drive, and uh, it's just because of who he is. So, uh, you know, not maybe the best day for the Chiefs in the playoffs, uh, not maybe not their best Super Bowl, but certainly uh, good enough to win. And uh, boy, you, you just take your hats off to him. It was uh, it was quite an effort. Yeah, it was, and, I, and I'm with you. I think their greatness and the greatness of this team, you know, if, if, the, if the idea was that, well, they're not that good, but they're just playing perfect football, and that's what it's going to take to win. They, they didn't play perfect, so they are that good. Like, it makes you kind of come back. If you're Andy Reid, like after you get done, you know, the, with the joy and the celebration of, of winning this, you probably go, all right, let's go back and figure out how we lost six times. Because how are we good enough to do this, yeah. beat yeah. that team, yeah. Well, we're also making mistakes along the way. What the hell did we do six times to lose? We we can yeah. tighten some things up around here. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, you know, maybe they got bored at times during the regular season. I don't, uh, I, I certainly didn't think that at the time, but uh, maybe that was a little bit of uh, what was going on here that they were ready to turn on the gas when they had to have it, you know. But um, um, certainly when they had to have it, they uh, they were really good and not necessarily, um, you know, that, that's what great teams do, though. They don't always win by beating the other team by four touchdowns, you know. Sometimes you win games like this against good teams. So uh, that's certainly what the Chiefs did last night. Yeah, and, um, 
you know, I, I don't think anybody saw, um, you know, them being able to uh, withstand a turnover where they're going in for points. I mean, I would have thought that every yeah. time they get in the red zone, they got to score, and they didn't have to score, as it turned out. I mean, that was shocking to me. And, and I'll ask you this. We had the question. Were, were you surprised at fourth and four in the overtime that the 49ers didn't go for the touchdown? Well, a little bit. Um, you know, there was some hesitation there. You know, the 49ers offense was on the field, and they weren't coming off. And it looked like either they saw the signal from Shanahan the wrong way or whatever, but they stayed on the field momentarily. So I think there was a little bit of indecision on, on Shanahan's part about what to do. And so, um, yeah, I thought maybe that was the play there. You, you certainly uh, – you, you're almost – certain to lose if you uh, go for it and don't get it if you're the 49ers. But, yeah, I uh, um, I think at that point, knowing who you're playing against, you got to go ahead and do that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just it, – it for whatever reason um... – you know, I think at the time I wasn't like, okay, this this is a giant mistake. They gotta they gotta make this. You know, they they gotta figure this out, uh, and and you know they gotta go for it because giving the ball to Patrick Mahomes. But when you go work through the logic, like with a field goal, you're basically counting on the Chiefs to make a mistake anyway. You're counting on the the exact same thing you're counting on if you don't convert. And you put them back in a, you know, they start at their own nine-yard line. I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I think most coaches would say, no, that's not what you do um, because it's uber-aggressive. But at the end of the day, I, I think you look back and say, you know, it's, it's all hindsight. There's no doubt about that. But if you're looking at it and say, okay, did we do the right thing? Well, you didn't win. So, like, what should you have thought? Well, you should have you should have assumed Patrick Mahomes was going to go down the field. I mean, to be honest with you, I think the Bengals probably would have gone for it. He went for it earlier. He could have put a field goal up, and they went for the first down and completed the pass to uh, George Kittle. He kind of got, you know, he, he kind of backed off what had been his his aggressive plan before that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I felt a little bit like I did. Uh, near the end of the Buffalo playoff game a couple weeks ago, you know, when the Bills ended up missing that field goal, I, I don't think whether they missed that field goal or not really mattered. I, I think the, we all knew the Chiefs with the what a buck fifty left or something like that, and a couple timeouts, they were going to go down and score at least a field goal themselves. So, uh, yeah, I, I think um, you know, I'm not faulting the Bills in that situation with going for the, for the field goal. That was uh, something they had to do in that situation. But last night, I think was more of a coin toss. You know, I and and um, you know, you, you felt a little bit like that the 49ers were going to lose. Either way, whether they kicked a field goal or went for it and didn't get it, they were going to lose uh, because of Mahomes either way. How much was the revelation by some of the players last night that they didn't know, the 49ers players, that they didn't know the rules, what the new rule was, until they got out there? Eric Armstead said he saw it on the screen, the video board at the stadium, after Shanahan said they discussed it with his his, uh 
analytics guys before the game, but none of the players knew what was going on. Did that maybe play a role into it's getting a lot of run? It? It's getting a lot of run on the national circles for sure. Yeah, I mean that, that's crazy that they didn't even talk about it with the team, and those guys didn't know. I mean, Eric Armstead having to see it on the scoreboard is insane, you know. Um, so yeah, and you know that's just something. That, that's one of the differences between Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. Certainly, Kyle Shanahan knew the rule, but not sharing it with your players. I, I don't know how you cannot go over that. And then you, you know, um, you know things that like guys like Justin Reed and Chris Jones were saying that Chiefs go over this stuff all the time and talk about those rules, and so they're in the right mindset when the, the time comes. I mean, it, that's just crazy, and that's just another victory for Andy Reid over Kyle Shanahan. So uh, I, I don't know that I necessarily fault the 49ers for taking the ball first. Their defense had just been on the field for a, a fairly long drive um, at the end of the fourth quarter, and um, I, I do like. Mike Shanahan's reasoning uh, to some extent that, hey, you know, if, if the game is still tied after the first two possessions of the game, then you can go ahead and win the game by just a field goal. I, I like his thinking there. So I don't know that it's a slam dunk to uh, take the ball uh, second if you get the choice, but uh, certainly not knowing or players not knowing what the rules are and, and how to handle that situation, is uh, that's coaching malpractice. You uh, you just hit on a couple things. One, I don't remember, um, you know, whether it was before the Ravens game or after the Ravens game. But I know it was it was in and around that because it's once the NFL had taken over and we were having the Patrick Mahomes press conference up at the stadium. So it was either before the Ravens game or the week, uh, the dead week, going into the dead weekend of, of the Super Bowl. And Patrick Mahomes said, "We had these meetings, these situation meetings, and they kind of go on for a while. And Travis is always trying to end them, but we're like, hey, these are important. You know, we we got to go over this stuff. And and Pat." You know, said he really likes them. You know, playing out all the different scenarios, and that's and that's exactly what they they did, and that came in big for them that they played out those scenarios that they knew what the rule was, and they were ready for it. Now, my question is, so I think it is a big deal. I agree, but are we making too much of it? Like, did Chris Jones play harder because he knew how it was? Did Patrick Mahomes throw the ball with more zip because he knew? that the rule that they had another quarter and all that. I mean, I do think there's something to be said for knowing the entire situation gives you an understanding and a feel and and an ability to go make the best play possible. But, I mean, some of it is like as long as Kyle Shanahan's calling the plays, like your job is to run the play as designed, not not run the play and and during it figure out how many snaps you've got before the clock runs out or whatever. You know, there's a little bit of like keep it simple, stupid, for the guys to just focus on what their job is, right? No, no. I'm not suggesting that the Chiefs won because they knew the rule, the the players knew the rule, and the 49ers didn't. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, on on any given snap, that doesn't affect anything. Your job is to do your job. But I I feel like just in a football sense, it's nice knowing what the situation is. I mean, there could be a situation where you think, well, if we go down and score, we don't, um, you know, the game is over, and you might 
maybe risk the ball, or you know, maybe Christian McCaffrey reaches the ball, trying to to, to um, uh, reach it across the goal line, thinking that's going to decide the game, and maybe the Chiefs knock it out. I mean, there could be a situation that's where it, when you're not aware of what can end the game or what might not end the game, and and uh, you know that can affect things. So that's where it comes into play. And so I, I don't think it did come into play last night. There wasn't anything that that altered the game that way. But I I, I don't think it's ever a bad idea for your guys to know you're playing. It's playing situational football. It, it's it's knowing you know what what we need to do in this situation. It's like McCall Hardman reaching out in Buffalo on the goal line, reaching that ball out for a touchdown. Don't do that. That's it's a first down. You're up by three points. Don't do that. That that's what the kind of thing I'm talking about. It was like McCall Hardman thought it was do or die to score a touchdown there. So no, I I, I don't I I hear what you're saying. It doesn't affect anything necessarily. Those guys have a job to do regardless of what the overtime rules are, but it can affect how the game turns out. Yeah, it, it certainly can. We're talking to Adam Teicher here in the uh, program. I, I will disagree with you, though. You always defer. I mean, there's, there is no earthly reason to take the ball first, for, for, especially in this situation. You're a Super Bowl team. You're not some inept, bumbling goof that that is, you know, hoping to steal a win against a team that clearly outclasses you. You've gotten all the way to the Super Bowl. You're good. And so, to me, you know, I asked that question, should they have gone for it on fourth down instead of, you know, kicking the field goal and going up three? Well, if you know you're chasing a touchdown... That, that's taken away. The decision's made for you. You don't have to wonder, well, will they drop? If you've already played your defensive end, then you know exactly what you have to get to. And then you have the option. I understand where he says, well, we wanted the ball first after the, the back and forth. Uh, well, okay, but you got to get there first, right? Yeah. I, I, I think you defer. Well, if, if your plan is to get the ball and have it first after you come through the one possession each, well, you can solve that by just going forward for two after you score a touchdown, if that's the scenario you're at. Or going for the touchdown instead of settling for the field goal if they get a, a field goal. Anything that you would do in that second possession of overtime, you can do in the first possession of overtime if you're getting the ball second. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think that's the right play. And Andy Reid said today that uh, at the, you know, they had the morning after press conference with him and uh, Mahomes. He said today he would have deferred. Um, he would have taken the ball second had they won the coin toss in overtime. So I agree with you. But you can't make that decision in a vacuum. You have to look at other factors. And in this case, I, I feel like maybe the 49ers defense was gassed there. I don't know. Um, but maybe he knew something about that that, that we didn't know since he's on that sideline. Um, so I, I don't think you can make that decision just in a vacuum. I think you have to consider other situations. But you, you're right. I mean, and, and here's where you asked me earlier whether Shanahan made it a, a mistake of not going for it on the fourth down rather than kicking the field goal at the end of their possession. I, I think if you're going to go first, I think you have to be aggressive. I think you have to force the issue a little bit. And you have to say, okay, we're down on the what eight or nine yard line. We're going to go for it here on fourth down because we need to make it more difficult on our opponents here, you know, so I, I think you have to coach differently if you're Shanahan in that situation because of the choice you made. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, 
What, what, what do you what do you make of the three-peat? I mean, I, I adore it. I, I love that immediately following the game, they've already set it out there, right? Everybody's going to recharge their batteries and, and you know, take a little time and, and all that kind of thing. But that's, the, to me, the beauty of this uh, deal is that, you know, now everybody is immediately focused on what is the the job at hand. The job at hand is now to uh, to become the first team ever to win three in a row. I think that's the beauty of winning this one is no one needs to say anything, and they've got an unbelievable motivator out there for them going into this uh, next season. Oh, yeah, and, and, you know, the two biggest leaders of the team, Kelsey and Mahomes, are already talking about it. You know, they're already, you know, particularly Kelsey, you know, they're talking about this. You know, Kelsey said that's the reason he's coming back. I want to be a part of this effort to three-peat. And, and Mahomes is saying, hey, listen, we're going to enjoy this one for a little while, but when, when we come back, that's the goal. And uh, so, um, you know, it, it is something for them to shoot for. And, uh, you know, I, I guarantee you there, there's going to be maybe some motivation there otherwise might not be, say, if they had lost this game. What if they had lost last night? And, and then, uh, you know, you're not, um, okay, yeah, we'd like to win another Super Bowl, but the it's not. It's not like that's going to put us in a different realm. I mean, this is going to be. This is going to be going where no other NFL team has ever gone. And uh, for for guys who are important, whose legacy is important to them, and I very much include Kelsey and Mahomes in that category. That that's a pretty big thing. Um, Star Trek fan Adam Teicher boldly going where. No analyst has gone before uh, is with us here in the uh, program. No, I agree, and I think that is one of the residual effects that that's great about winning it. Once you've won back-to-back, you're now in the, the position, a position that you're highly unlikely to ever be in again where you get an opportunity to do something that's never been done before. And so I think that also makes it easier to think that, yeah, Travis Kelsey's coming back. Yeah, Andy Reid's coming back. There wasn't any – I don't think anybody – thought otherwise uh, going into uh, this game, but, you know, who, who would walk away from that opportunity uh, right now? You know, barring some kind of uh, health situation, I, I think everybody would, would jump at the opportunity to, you know, go for go for three. How about the secondary and, and, and the job they played? Most passes defensed in one postseason in Chiefs history. Uh, Trent McDuffie time and time uh, coming up with uh, with a batted pass, uh, one of the biggest plays of the game, knocking the ball away when, when there was you know, a couple of times, one for a first down and one where it could have been a touchdown. I mean, how how proud are Steve Spagnuolo, Dave Merritt, and Brett Beach and his staff for putting together the secondary? Yeah, it's it's they were fantastic back there just about all season long, and uh, you know not much in the way of uh, penalties with that group last night. So yeah, it was a great effort. Justin Reed, you know they had a number of guys playing well last night. You know Leo Chanel looked like he had a big game to me, and and uh, you know another unheralded guy, not a first or second round draft choice, but uh, looked like you know they kept him in the game a lot because the 49ers play a fullback a lot, so uh, you know, he got more work than he normally did, and I thought he responded really well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, but with uh, respect to the secondary, wow, what a great uh, effort by that group as well, no doubt. Yeah, it it was uh, amazing. And 19 points allowed. I mean, the defense really, I think, doing its job early on, out on the field way too much because the offense couldn't stay on the field and just keeping the team in the game. They finally did break and, and give up the touchdown on on the trick play. But, you know, I, I think holding it at nothing, nothing and three, nothing for as long as they did, 
just kept giving the offense, just giving it back to them, giving it back to them. They could finally dig deep enough into that playbook and get it done. I mean, the defense, I know Patrick Mahomes was brilliant, and they finally got it going late when that 49er defense started wearing down. But the defense was the story again in this one. Yeah, to me, the turning point of the game really was when it was, okay, 10-3 at halftime, right? The Chiefs get the ball and start the second half and throw the interception. And then you're thinking, okay, this thing is hanging from a cliff from the Chiefs. But the Chiefs get the stop, and the 49ers don't score. And so they kept it at that point to a touchdown game. The Chiefs eventually got another field goal, um, cutting it to 10-6, to and you, you felt, felt like there was some life there. you know. So to me, that was the key moment of the game, when the Chiefs threw the interception and the defense held them. And uh, nothing came out of that for the 49ers. And that's when I thought, okay, maybe this thing is going to turn out in the Chiefs' favor. Um, because the defense just would not let that game get out of hand. Yeah, no, it was um, I just a, a, you know that whole game. Did you not get the feeling that the seventy-five minutes was basically the Chiefs' season in a seventy-five-minute snapshot? Like you know, some sloppy play, the defense yeah. doing its job, the offense finally coming around late, and then not being you know then, then unstoppable late and getting it done. I mean, that was the whole season played out over seventy-five minutes. Yeah, it was, and Mahomes kind of talked about that after the game, uh, how that was kind of uh, their season in a in, in a nutshell. So, uh, yeah, it was remarkable, um, but, uh, you know, they, they, the sloppy play, though, they fumbled, what, five times, but only lost one of them. So, um, you know, that was uh, obviously a key factor as well. Listen, I don't mean to be cold, but how much of the Chiefs figuring it out was just not playing Sky Moore and Kadarius Toney? Well, um, cold or not, I, I think that had a factor. I mean, um, you know, McCole Hardman responded last night. That would have been the Kerry's uh, Tony role if he had played and he'd been around. So, yeah, I, I do think that was uh, a key factor that, that uh, you know, the guys playing all really contributed. He did. Justin Watson had a couple plays. You know, everybody really uh, who played really uh, um, had a contribution there. Uh, what changes do you see coming to this roster? I know it's very early, but uh, they do have a chance, and I think that's one of the questions we were kicking around my house last night is, does the opportunity to win three in a row, you know, they, they've really kind of shifted a couple of years ago into that, all right, we're playing for the long haul, the move of, of trading Tyree Kill, and I think some of the other decisions, you know, that they've made has been, okay, let's now play for the long haul. We're going to be good enough to win a championship every year. We don't need to go all in and, you know, have a big year and then be crushed against the cap. Let's manage things for the long haul. Do they do that again? Or does the chance to be the first team to win three in a row, do they do some kind of deal with Chris Jones and backload it to make sure he's there for one more year? Do a deal with LeJarrius Sneed. What do you what do you think the, the approach will be to Brett Veach uh, in this offseason? <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. When the Chiefs made that Tyreek Hill trade, they weren't necessarily thinking they were in rebuilding mode. Actually, they weren't at all thinking they were in, in rebuilding mode. But... I think when you asked them, they were thinking that 2024 was kind of be the season where they were, you know, going to be this giant power. And and here we are, the two seasons in between, and they won the Super Bowl. But they were thinking that 24 was going to be the year for them. And and uh, 
Um, you know, I, I think the plan was to re-sign Chris Jones to a long-term deal. That never happened, so don't know whether he's going to be back. But in terms of change, I, I don't see him pushing the chips all in on one year um, at the expense of 2025 or any other year or multiple years. I, that's not how this team's going to operate with Mahomes at quarterback. They're going to try to manage it where um, they can be competitive every single year. So uh, if it's going to come down to dollars with Chris Jones and it's he, he's going to take what he's only what he's going to take, then um, I don't see it getting done with him. Um, you know, the Chiefs weren't willing to make him happy on a long-term offer last year. I don't know why you'd do it this year. That's not how the Chiefs have operated, and I agree with that stance. If you're going to do it, do it, but don't uh, do it a year late. So uh, um, I, I don't see that happening with him unless he is somehow willing to say, you know what, I, I can't see myself playing anywhere else. Then I think there there could be a deal. As far as Snead goes, I don't know about that one either. Um, certainly they have the option of the franchise tag if they don't use it on Chris Jones. But, you know, the Chiefs have been preparing for this moment um, for a long time to lose him. You know, they, they drafted, what, four corners last year, another one this year. Um, one of those corners played a great game last night and, and is proving worthy of uh, being a number one corner. I don't know. I, I don't know whether they're going to want to invest that kind of money in, into a Jerry Sneed. So um, it, it, those are the two interesting decisions. But there's a bunch of other guys, you know, on defense. Willie Gay, um, Drew Tranquil, Derek Noddy, Mike Dana. What do you do with all those guys? I don't see them all coming back. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what decisions they make. I, I think one of the linebackers is going to be back. I think probably Drew Tranquil because of his versatility. And I think they probably walk on every other one. It might, they might, you might be right. Uh, I mean, I, I think um, they walk on. Why, why would you resign Naughty? Mike Pennell's better and has been better. Um, I know he's getting older, and, and he may be like, listen, I'm not going to training camp, and I'm not playing 17 games. Great. We'll speed dial you halfway through the year, and you come back in. Right? But I don't know I don't, I don't know why you would pay on Naughty. Uh, the, the price tag is too much on Jones. I think that ship sailed when they didn't get the deal done last year. Um yep. I think Michael Dana did tail off in the second half, at least statistically speaking. and But I think he's still going to get a check that I don't know that they want to match. And you drafted Felix on Unique Ozama for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. Chanel steps in, you know, just plays a bigger role. Now with the linebacking core, you mentioned all the corners they've got for Sneed. You know, I think the question is they need to find a left tackle somewhere, somehow. And so the Donovan Smith thing is is a bit of a puzzle. But, you know, I think you walk on all those and you look to upgrade the wide receiver position. Yeah, and I, and well, I think that's that's the prime target for the offseason. Yeah, well, I think that's a big part of the plan is, you know, you spend some of these resources that you're not going to spend on defense, spend that on wide receiver and see what you, uh, how, uh, you know, what kind of splash you can make there and how you can improve yourself there. Yeah, I, I, I'm wondering how much they overhaul that receiving group. I, I certainly, Rasheed Rice is coming back after that. I, I think MBS is going to come back. Maybe they ask him to take a pay cut. And if he refuses, then they got a decision to make there. But I, I think MVS will come back next year. But other than that, um, I don't bring any of those guys back without telling them, "Hey, look, you're competing for a job, and we, we brought in a bu- we're going to bring in a bunch of guys that might take your job." Um, so uh, um, I, I think it's entirely possible that when they start next season, the first game, that. 
the only uh, receivers uh, on this team who are going to be on the team again next year are Rice and Valdez Scantling. I think MVS is back because they offer him the uh, Juju Smith-Schuster deal. Three, they say, "Listen, we're not you're not bringing you back on, on with that number. We'll give you three and a half and, and incentives that can take you back to the number you were supposed to make." Uh, but you got to hit some real numbers along the way because who else is going to pay him more than a a one year prove it deal? Yeah, my, no, my, might as well, my, you know, might as well prove it here with the incentives than someplace else for a straight one for three. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and um, you know that may be what the Chiefs end up doing. It's like saying, "Hey, listen, this is where we are right now, and this is what we got to do, and uh, see what he says." And maybe he forces their hand, and uh, they they do walk from him, but uh, um, you still got to replace him. You know, you, 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 they're going to have to find some speed guys, if particularly if they cut him. You know, because uh, we know Rice isn't that guy, so they've got a lot of work to do, even on that group without cutting him. They're going to have more work to do if they do cut him. Uh, Adam, great stuff all this year. We uh, we appreciate all the work. On to the combine, my friend. Let's get next year started. You've got what? I think it's about a week and a half before that starts. Don't remind me, man. <laughs> Adam Teich, you're the best. Uh, we appreciate it, Adam. We'll talk again soon. Good stuff, Saran. Talk to you later. All right, Adam Teicher uh, from ESPN. You can check out his work at ESPN.com. Uh, been handling the cheese beat since 1993. Let's take a break. We'll open up the phone lines again. Nobody left a lot of people hanging. You can grab a line right now at 913-3810-810. Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl champs. We're at Hen House uh, where you can uh, get a delicious uh, romantic dinner for two for Valentine's Day. Order it right now at henhouse.com. An appetizer salad, two entrees, two sides, two desserts, and a French baguette, plus a single red roast for just forty nine nine. Choose from the prime rib, the herb to province turkey breast, or the mustard encrusted salmon and flowers. Yes, the floral department has you covered with flowers for Valentine's Day as well. A dozen red roses are just $25. A dozen rainbow roses, just $30. They have uh, beautiful bouquets of other flowers, plants, uh, balloons, stuffed animals, everything to make your uh, Valentine's Day a hit. Get it right now uh, at your neighborhood henhouse. Go to henhouse.com to see all the details. All right, the good sense. End of the hour answer. Chiefs' eighth team to win three games as an underdog. I asked, I said two teams have won four in a single postseason. I asked for either one, and you eventually got to one of them. You well, it was my second choice. First, other. I said the Packers. I was thinking the Aaron Rodgers wild card Packers that got hot and won it. You said no. Then I said, well, the they 80 Raiders. Two. 80 Raiders did win four. I got that as my second choice. And then I, I kicked out. I, I threw out the 19 Chiefs. I threw out the Ravens, uh, the Flacco Ravens. They were three. Um, three times. Four-time dog and win the Super Bowl. Yes. And you said the hard one was the Raider one. I thought so. So then I thought, well, was it the Chiefs? Uh, no. I don't know why. I, to- I told Curtis, when you, want, when you find this next one out, you're going to kick yourself. Especially considering the team they beat in the Super Bowl. Well, and so then I thought, like, with the Brady's box, and you said no. They, they were th- uh, underdogs three times. One, one is an underdog three times. Um... I said Nick Foles, Eagles, thinking the backup quarterback thing. And Three times. No, I'm that. So I don't know. I'm, I'm screwing. I'm missing something. The 2007 Giants. 
Oh, duh. Nine and seven. <laughs> I thought that would be the one that would pop into your head first. Well, the team beat the Maybe they were ten and six. I thought they were nine and seven. They were in, in 11. They were nine and seven. In 07, they were ten and six. Ten and, yeah. So the 80 Raiders and the 07 Giants, the only teams to do it more often than the Chiefs did this year. Uh, GoodSenseSubs.com. That's how you can go online and put in an order at GoodSense. You can pick whatever time you want to pick it up. So if you want to grab some subs on your way home tonight, go to GoodSenseSubs.com. For those of you doing the low-carb and the keto, uh, they have their uh, meatball app. Uh, that you can uh, check out right now. It's uh, their wonderful meatballs with their signature marinara sauce and then some uh, Parmesan cheese, make it even cheesier. And uh, do what I do, add on the uh, provolone, uh, and uh, you've got a, a wonderful, uh, low-carb, keto-friendly uh, choice at GoodSense, GoodSenseSubs.com. And, of course, I know a lot of people, uh, I was talking with uh, my folks uh, at GoodSense the other day, and they said, oh, yeah, we got a lot of orders for the uh, big game. And I had I a lot bet. of party trays. And I so uh, if you got an event going on, don't forget about their party trays as well. They cater. They'll be happy to help take care of everything for you. Go to GoodSenseSubs.com. Dot com. Uh, it is the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We're at Dan House. The floral department's got you covered. A dozen red roses, uh, 25 bucks. A dozen rainbow roses, $30. Uh, bouquets of uh, all kinds of flowers, uh, also balloons, everything you need. Uh, for Valentine's Day is at your neighborhood Hen House. Go to henhouse.com to find the location nearest you. Uh, 913-310-810, the phone number. We'll take your phone calls here in the uh, program. 913-310-810. Uh, left a lot of people hanging. Uh, what do you think about how different this team will look we'll broach that subject not even time for them to get back in town i'm sure they're in town now i think they leave right after that those press conferences yeah. they do this morning uh but barely in town well, does, does mahomes have to go to disneyland again well he probably did but the rest of the team I think, yeah. Is back. yeah they'll all be back um and i assume he went to the one in anaheim yeah uh since he was uh, uh on the west side of the uh, country but uh, they, they haven't even had a parade, and we're already like, yeah. well, well, what do you got to do to win three? What do you got for me? What are you doing lately? Can we have a couple of cocktails and well, celebrate I, this one before we? They, they won't be favored. No. They'll be, you know, it'll be somebody else will be the. They won't be? The big, coming back, yeah, I don't think they'll be the pick. Well, there are lines out there already that have them at 5-1. to one. I've seen some that huh. they're the second favorite. And that kind of surprised Depends me. on where you look. I'll have to look at, to see if FanDuel's got it up. I didn't look at the FanDuel one, but just what they were putting up on TV. I saw one uh, set of lines that had them as the favorite at 5-1. to one. That's interesting. And I saw another one that had them as the second favorite behind, uh, I think it was the... The, the Lions, 49ers, and Chiefs were kind of the three stars up there. No love for the Ravens? Um, Are they toast? Yeah, they were back a little bit. Huh. I guess they're expecting some changes. Here you go. Here's the FanDuel odds, 2025 Super Bowl odds from FanDuel. Uh, Niners, 5-1. to one, Chiefs, 6.5-1. to one, Ravens, 9-1. to one, Lions and Bills, 12-1. to one, Cowboys, 15-1. to one. So the Niners are... That's probably a reflective of the NFC, maybe, or or is that that the Chiefs maybe have a tougher road? I would think if they well, three of the top five are AFCs yeah. with yeah, the, that's with the Ravens and Bills, and I think that's part of it. Yeah, they don't make mistakes uh, for sure. Like that, so Forty uh, ers Lions at twelve to one. I'll tell you the only bets that I would make on that is I would if you are a Bengals fan, it'd be pretty easy to bet them at fifteen to one. Count on them to bounce back with a healthy Joe Burrow, but I think it's clear as that his, he's healthy. his health is going to start to be a question. <laughs> yes, he's played four seasons in the NFL, and he's not played. He's not finished two of them. 
the Rams at thirty to one are kind of tasty. Mm-hmm. They're the only other team to win a super. Uh, wait a minute, hang on. I, I, I just said that eight. the last six seasons, uh, either the Rams or Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl. <laughs> They're the only other constant. If you go back to eighteen, one of those two teams has been every year. The two years they made it, the Chiefs didn't. But. Yeah. Uh, the Rams, I don't know if you like you some Jordan Love or you believe in C.J. Stroud. You can get the Texans at 25-1, to 1, the Packers at 25-1. Uh, to 1. I don't mind the 25-1 to 1 pack. They're a young team. I mean, they, they should be in, in good shape. I, I need to look at their cap, but, you know. I, I kind of fear that, that they jumped out a little too quick. Maybe they're due for one regression before they take that third step. I guess we'll know what happens. They'll fit that bill of those teams that... Uh, jump a little faster than they're expected to. If they win again next year, we'll know they're probably set for at least a, a decent run for the next five or six years. Uh, I think it'll be interesting if you think there's a team that's going to nail a quarterback somehow. Steelers at 101. Hmm. I mean, the bottom feeders, the longest of long shots, Carolina 250 to 1, Giants 150 to 1, Titans, Patriots, Commanders 150 to 1. Broncos and Steelers, hundred to one. Seahawks, seventy-five to one. Bucks, Cardinals, Raiders, Saints, seventy-five to one. You know what a really, really smart football man once told me? I'm not going to pick against Patrick Mahomes again. I wouldn't bet six and a half to one. Wouldn't tie up money at six and a yeah, half probably to one. Not, probably With all the things that can go wrong. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, but I'd, I'd do it on them before I would five to one on the Niners, yep. nine to one on the Ravens, or twelve to one on the Lions. You know, Eric Eager has a very, very good comment, though. You know, winning the theme of winning somebody else's Super Bowl. Yeah. The Chiefs have done a few of those. At some point. It's going to be their Super Bowl? At some point, was it really their Super Bowl? Well, I think their Super Bowl in this run. somebody else's I think their Super Bowl in this run has been. What were they they seeded last year? They were the one. They were the one. So I think last year. You could conceive that they were. Yeah, it was their Super Bowl, but I think definitely twenty was yeah. their Super Bowl. But twice and they got won. hurt. They were the they were fourteen and one yeah. in games that they tried. Yep, they were the one one, and then they just got banged up, and the Bucks stole it. But twice they've won somebody else's Super Bowl. Makes you wonder: it wasn't really their Super Bowl when the same team is kind of stolen that from. They 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 won the Ravens Super Bowl in nineteen. They won the Forty ers Super Bowl this year, or the Ravens Super Bowl this year. Yeah, at some point it, it it's the Chiefs Super Bowl <laughs> every year. We have to rearrange our sights on on uh, on that uh, metric. We're at Hen House. Uh, get that romantic dinner for two right now at henhouse.com. Go online. And uh, pick out your app, your uh, your salad, uh, two entrees, two sides, two desserts. You get a French baguette and a single ro- red rose. Beautiful, wonderful uh, Valentine's romantic dinner. Uh, four two at home, all provided by Hen House. Go to henhouse.com. It's just forty nine ninety nine. Uh, put your order in today. You're in the program as we broadcast live here at Hen House, 913-3810-810. Valentine's taking care of for you. A dozen red roses, 25 bucks. A dozen rainbow roses for $30 here at the floral department at Hen House. Uh, let's go to the phones. We want to get Phil in here. You're in the program, Phil. What's going on, buddy? Uh, just enjoying the day. Yep. Um, you know, there used to be a rule in the early 80s by Sparky Anderson that he would never let George Brett beat him that he would walk in at all costs if the game were on the line. I think we're at the point now where opposing coaches have got to learn that lesson. In the overtime, it was second and four from the nine-yard line for uh, 
for to the Niners, and they ran the ball without you checking the game, so they didn't have a lead blocker. They got nothing. And then on third down, uh, with the blitz by uh, or Jones beating his man, forced a bad throw, and they had to kick the field goal. You have got to throw the ball there and trust your, your quarterback to make a play earlier in, in the count. Because if you don't, you're, you're just asking for Mahomes to beat you. Well, Brock Purdy on the day was uh, 23 of 38, 23 of 38. So uh, it, it's, you know, you, you got to get, like, assuming success from a, you know, a Mr. Irrelevant quarterback that's in his second year, I think is a lot. I, I get your point. I think your overall point, though, Phil, is a good one. And thank you for the call. That's why I come back to settling for the field goal on their first possession in overtime. Was that the mistake? Is that like even though, hey, I don't like this idea of going for fourth and four, but what changes between kicking that field goal and not getting the field goal? What changes is you gave the Chiefs 16 more yards of field position after kicking the field goal, and you still needed exactly the same thing to happen. Basically, if you assume Patrick Mahomes isn't going to make a mistake, which he doesn't very often, you're counting on somebody around him to screw something up. And he is the linchpin to all that. Every person who thinks about analytics has to consider who's the other guy on the field. If it's Patrick Mahomes, you've got to change your thinking. And not just somebody around him screw something up. They almost have to screw a couple things up. Because MBS did screw something up. And And he still overcame that. So they get to royally screw something up. So you might as well go for the touchdown. Mm-hmm. All right. In the last 20 years, six teams have played both number one seeds in a single playoff. How many of them won the Super Bowl? Brought to you by Joe's Kansas City Barbecue.